Volunteers at Yesteryear Village would often have to replace their time period clothing and gather their belongings before searching for the children who had accompanied them to their shift that day. Since the Outdoor History Museum covers nine acres, that could take some time. Fortunately, finding the children was usually easy, since many of them had one favorite area to play, and that was near the Riddle House. The former home, built in 1905, was moved to Yesteryear Village in 1995 from West Palm Beach. But the children didn't enjoy playing there because of the historically accurate depiction of early 20th century life in America. No, they enjoyed the area around that particular building for a very different reason. There, they would tell their parents before heading home, was where they would play with other children, children that didn't arrive with volunteers or with any guests. These children were different. They had been on the grounds for a long time and seemed to have a special connection to the Riddle House, which at one time served as a funeral parlor and a gatekeeper's home to a cemetery. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. In an area that is most often associated with beaches, orange groves, and amusement parks, it can be easy to forget that there is a rich history that preceded the tourism industry. And while Yesteryear Village in Palm Beach County relies on tourism to remain open, it's a nine-acre park sitting on the South Florida Fairgrounds that celebrates the history of Southeast Florida and honors traditions of a pre-1940s culture. Connie Christman was a fan of the attraction well before she became its manager. We say that the village began by moving of the first building in 1990. That was the old schoolhouse. So that kind of started the idea and all the other buildings came along. And so we have 32 exhibits. The village was open to the public for um, reservations from school children or just during events and the fair. Our South Florida fair, our annual fair is in January. But during the time we became a living history park, the roles of the volunteers also changed a little bit. So we have first person interpreters. We've always had time period, you know, volunteers who dress in time period. That's uh, an added bonus to all of this too. While Yesteryear Village may be a young venture compared to many museums, the buildings it houses are not. According to Eric Vanderlaan, the South team leader for War Party Paranormal, which covers the Miami and Fort Lauderdale areas, the historic buildings and homes relocated to Yesteryear Village brought something else with them to the themed attraction. Buildings, much like objects, he says, can hold onto residual and active spirits, and he believes several of those found their way to the South Florida fairgrounds. The reason why they do it is maybe something traumatic happened and they're still attached to that that building. I mean, even items like dolls and stuff like that have known to have spirits attached to them. I've been there a few times many years ago before and I sort of knew what it was. I went to the Riddle House just to walk in it thinking like, man, I would love to investigate this place. So like when I went in there, the first thing that was on my mind was was the Riddle House because, you know, that's that's their, that's that, that place was featured on Ghost Adventures, so that's like their featured haunted building that's there. So it's pretty famous, a lot of people know about it. But you can you can sense the feeling, especially when you're walking at night, that you know there's something going on there. 
I mean, we've had people who've seen shadow figures going between the buildings. The Riddle House was originally built by Henry Flagler's hotel construction workers in West Palm Beach in 1905, and it served as a gatekeeper's cottage, where it served as the home to the groundskeeper of Woodlawn Cemetery. There, it also served as a funeral parlor for locals who were then interred in the cemetery nearby. The building got its namesake when it became the private residence of West Palm Beach's first city manager and superintendent of public works, Carl Riddle. He moved into it in 1920. Legend has it that Riddle was never able to rest easy in the home, which possibly still held the spirits of those who were displayed in the rooms before their burial. Tragedy is also associated with the Riddle House, which was almost demolished in the 1990s before it was relocated to Yesteryear Village. Eric says that he and his team have encountered several of those spirits, and he has even caught their voices using a technique called electronic voice phenomenon. Joseph, he used to be the caretaker when the Riddle House was at the cemetery. It was the funeral parlor that was there, and I guess the cemetery director, that, that's where he lived. And he was accused of stealing and got upset and hung himself up in the attic. So you can't go in the attic now. The door is locked because they've been doing construction, so it's a hazard. But like, I can put my meters right at the door. When you open the door, you, there's steps and you're right there in the attic. And meters going off on cue. I've got EVPs of him. He's known not to like men and he likes women more. Like I've got an EVPs of him flirting with women. Here is the recording of the EVP Eric caught in the attic of the Riddle House. You will hear Eric and his colleague talking to the spirit and instructing it to speak into the recording device. Eric says it caught Joseph saying, get out. You just gotta get out. Hello, I'm Eric, this is Brenda. Here's that clip one more time. You just got to get out. Hello, I'm Eric. This is Brenda. Is anyone here? I got this device in my hand. If you talk into it, we can hear you. Can you speak up in? Another spirit Eric says he caught on EVP is that of a little boy named Jacob, who may have met a tragic end when he fell out of the second story window of the Riddle House. Eric believes he caught the boy's voice on EVP saying the word fine. Here's the clip provided by Eric. So we got a new group of people here. How do you feel about them? Is Jacob here as a little girl? Since Yesteryear Village partnered with War Party Paranormal, 
these investigations are happening more often. Connie, the village manager, says that she has accompanied the investigators on a few of their visits. She doesn't believe she's as sensitive to spirits as some others, but she loves to hear about those encounters when visitors report them. They're, you know, being volunteers and the, the uh, many volunteers we have that have grown up with their children around here. The stories that I would hear of their children playing with children over at the Riddle House, that there were no children there. <laughs> so they would be talking about it. And it's not just one or two of the families, you know, there's there's been several. So the kids, the there's a lot of, there's a lot of now adults, the kids that grew up volunteering tearing around here so that's that's an interesting one that always sticks with me because that's coming from a child but when the children are you know I, I've had the adults the parents tell the story I even had one of the volunteers stop back by a, a few years ago now as adult with her own children and she told that story she said yeah that's I used to play over here with so-and-so there are more than 30 buildings that stand alongside the very active Riddle House at Yesteryear Village. They include the old school, a blacksmith shop, several houses, and a general store. Eric says that these other buildings have plenty of activity as well, even though the names of the buildings may not be as well known as the Riddle House. Eric is convinced that the structure called the Bridge Tender's House has a less than pleasant spirit still residing within it. The house originally sat in Lantana, Florida, and served as a checkpoint of sorts for motorists and travelers wanting to reach the beaches and oyster beds of Lake Worth in Southeast Florida. According to an article in the Coastal Star, the bridge tender's house was constructed on the south side of a bridge that connected the mainland to a barrier island on the lake. It was a full home complete with living and dining rooms, a kitchen, two bedrooms, and a water closet that historians say emptied directly into the lake below. The bridge tenders who resided in the home were responsible for opening the bridge three times a day for boat traffic. To do this, the tender would insert a large bent iron pipe into a center device that could then be pushed until the bridge swung open. The task took about 15 minutes. Several families lived and worked in the house over the years, beginning with Pete Nelson, who eventually left his position shortly after a hurricane in 1928 damaged the bridge but spared the home. That storm on September 16, 1928, had winds of 150 miles an hour and killed more than 2,500 people. After months of repairs to the bridge, Will Easton of Michigan moved into the home and ran the bridge from 1929 until 1937. He was well-liked and is best known for hooking and shooting a 300-pound grouper, which he then served up during a massive fish fry for the entire community. The bridge tender's house operated until 1950. That's when a modern concrete drawbridge was finished and the house was moved ashore to become a bait and tackle shop. It later housed the Lantana Women's Club and eventually the town library. It was in 1990 that it was scheduled for demolition, but was rescued when it was relocated to Yesteryear Village. Eric isn't sure what is haunting the old structure, but he and his team have had encounters with an aggressive spirit. We've got an experience of the evil entity in there, and the thing that makes me feel uneasy is when we do these events, I don't want anyone to get hurt, and we've gotten like like young adults there, like it seems like they're like it's more attracted to young adults, like being 
them saying they've been touched and poked and stuff like that. And we did a blessing there to try to clear out any negative energy there with one of our sensitives. On a recent trip inside the bridge tender's house, Eric and each member of his group introduced themselves to the entity. In the following clip, you'll hear those introductions and then Eric asking if the entity has a favorite person among them. He says he caught an EVP responding, no one. He then rewinds the tape and gives us a chance to hear it a second time. Here's that recording. Each building seems to have its own unique history and possibly its own unique spirit as well at Yesteryear Village. Connie says that the village offers a look at what life was like prior to 1940 in the state of Florida. And Eric believes that the spirits there are both residual and active, meaning that some are simply echoes of the past while others are trying to make themselves heard or seen. Whatever the case may be, Connie says that Yesteryear Village is a place where history fans and those seeking proof of the paranormal can find exactly what they're looking for. All of the buildings, except for one, that are original from this area. And the other buildings, there's one that was moved, our church, it's, it was built in 1895. So it's, it's an, old, um, an old structure that was moved from another county here in Florida though. But other than that, we have replicas. We have we have a lot for people to see. People, one thing I can say, if you're planning to visit, which we hope that you do, they'll say about how long, and I'll say just going at your own pace and your own leisure. People spend two to three hours here, and they'll see. They'll still feel like they, you know, they could have used more time. Yesteryear Village and War Party Paranormal offer tours of the facility throughout the year. Each experience proves to be different for his group, Eric says, and he's never sure which spirits he will encounter on each visit. However, there is one building and one spirit that Eric says consistently makes itself known. There's the pineapple processing plant. Um, that's an interesting place. There was actually a Civil War soldier that was shot and killed there. And in, inside the house, it has these old wooden floors. Supposedly they're the original. And there's one spot that has a blood stain. And they always try to get rid of the blood stain and it always comes back. So that's still there. You can see it there. I've got some good EVPs there. I know I know that the entity didn't like that we were there. Um, I did say we were leaving and then I got a response saying that he was happy that we were leaving. So that was pretty interesting. So, is Yesteryear Village really haunted? Based on the evidence he has collected, Eric says that it is. And Connie believes that there are far too many stories from guests and volunteers describing strange activity on the grounds to simply to be a coincidence. Fortunately, 
The attraction invites the public to tour it throughout the year and offers its history and haunts events in partnership with War Party Paranormal on select nights. But remember, if you do go, whether for the history or for the spirits, just make sure that no one uninvited decides to follow you home. Phantom History is written, produced, and narrated by me, Steve Blanchard. Thank you to Eric Vanderlaan of War Party Paranormal and to Connie Chrisman at Yesteryear Village for sharing their stories in this episode. Visit SouthFloridaFair.com for the village's schedule and to find upcoming history and haunts events featuring War Party Paranormal. Music for this episode was provided by Shane Ivers and Chad Crouch. For more episodes and photos, visit PhantomHistory.com or follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And please leave Phantom History a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, thank you for listening.